is good. Oh, we're live. We are live. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> How about that? All right. Uh, welcome <laughs> to a uh, episode of the Horse Racing Hour. How about that? A Zachless. A Zachless episode of the Horse there Racing There you go. Extra, extra clink. I've got to actually work today. You have to do things, yes. I've got to do stuff. I've got to push <laughs> buttons, and I've got to be ready to go. Oh. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a pretty amazing show. Uh, so we're actually starting a little early because of it. Uh, man, we, we got a ton of racing. Like, the racing at Belmont was so good over the weekend. It was good. That we're not even going to show a, a replay where Clary Hare won. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, great mean, point. Like, That's a great point by you. It yes. was like, uh, when you think about how awesome the, those couple days of racing, and I'm so glad that, you know, did they, they canceled races on Thursday because of the smoke, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, so yep. luckily. Things yeah, like Delaware that. had to cancel multiple days last week. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a whole thing. It got all the way down to Philly, essentially. That's wild. So they cleared it up and. Uh, we got two really Friday was beautiful. It seemed like there. And, uh, yeah. well, how do you, what do you think about them moving the acorn to Friday, trying to create the two day thing? Like we get, you know, at Pimlico with black eyed Susan or with Oaks at, sure. at, at, at uh, at uh, Churchill Downs. You like that? I, I do like it. I mean, I think you have enough. I don't think it took away from that card at all on Belmonte. No, no, it was I, still the, spectacular. The card was fantastic. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Right. Uh, let's actually like, like you've mentioned the acorn, like let's sure. get into it. Let's go yeah. ahead and uh, and take a look because what we saw we kind of you mentioned it on the phone with me we especially me besmirched those uh, <laughs> besmirched those Phillies a little bit and pretty mischievous stepped up here in a big Comes, way. Exceed and randomized as the three-year-old Phillies continue along with Money's Gold in front, ran three quarters in one, ten, and four. And now they're at the quarter pole. It is Money's Gold with the lead. Darth Vader has moved to the outside. Pretty Mischievous is in third as the field comes through the stretch. And Pretty Mischievous is kicking in now on the outside. Pretty Mischievous is taking the lead. Darth Vader up into second. Money's Gold is back in third. And then Occult, they're coming down for the finish. It is Pretty Mischievous trying to hold off Darth Vader. They come on for the finish. Pretty Mischievous. There it was. Pretty Mischievous uh, taking the grade one. I had to laugh because... So Johnny Eye's back on the calls at, at, at Belmont, which yep. is great, right? So I actually did the same thing on Saturday. I made sure to watch the track feed rather than the Fox coverage. And he 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 can't just say occult, the name of the horse. He called it like an Irish horse, like occult. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's like Danny occult. <laughs> Danny occult. This is my buddy. This is my cousin, Polly occult. Polly occult. <laughs> you witchcraft? No, no, no. Just that was name. just great. But no, uh, she kicked it back in. Great show from Darth Vader, by the way. Yeah, uh, she might in. have something to say in the in the um, in the CCA Oaks or maybe in the uh, in the Alabama. A longer course may really play to her to her strengths in a Darth Vader. We're going to see Money's Gold probably stay at one turn after that race. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, mile and sixteenth was just too much there. Was, were you surprised? I mean, I guess they had to take the no. shot with that. Well, it, they have to. It's one turn, right? You really hope that that's going to work out. But the other part of that is, you know, they extended that race by a sixteenth of a mile this year, right? For the first time ever, they went from a mile to a mile and sixteenth, and I think it was so that a horse like Money's Gold won't win. Oh. So I, to set up to set up from the mile and an eighth in Kentucky to a mile sixteenth, and then back when you get to Saratoga, mile and an eighth, mile and a quarter when you get into the. And races. I think the theme about the replays we're going to show today, uh, especially the three replays, are the horses that have basically started to separate themselves in the Eclipse Award voting, which is you know we got a long way to go. Oh, what happens? Go. But yep. pretty mischievous is now you know taking control of that three year old Philly, uh, world and just. You know, great race. I mean, it was great race. Sitting sixth, and you know that the the last two horses were way back. In that first pack, there were six horses. She just sat yep. right where she needed to be. Tyler did a masterful job, and when it was time to make her move, she made it. And uh, you know what? You know, I think a lot of people probably saw Money's Gold up there up front and thought, "Hey, we're going to see a wire to wire." And we're also seeing, and we've seen it for years here at Churchill Downs locally. But Tyler, I think, is starting to get that national recognition for the oh, rider yeah. that he yeah, is, yeah. right? Because that's go to New York and you win that race in that style where you time it just the right, you know, just right at, at a place like Belmont where you don't ride that often stands out for sure. Money's gold, though. I mean, that that opening quarter, for example, in twenty three and three, uh, you would have thought that money's gold. That's that's not slow, but it's not like super fast. It's either. not twenty two and three, that's right? right. Yep. So you would have thought that maybe there was a chance there that money's gold had a a little bit of a shot to to stay up there. So 
impressive race. Pretty mischief. Pretty mischief is getting it done. So no question. Uh, love it, man. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I'm, we had another great show. Yeah. From another great. I guess she's still no, she's a mayor now. Um, in uh, in the Japer with our with our girl, girl Caravel, um, and uh, part of my one of my singles along with Cody's Wish on Saturday. They both came home. Uh, Cody's Wish in a more difficult manner, but he had a lot more time to make up the difference. And Caravel yeah. uh, just uh, did Caravel things. Six so. for a long race, right? Is yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. So yeah, she was so able to do let's that. Let's take a look real quick. At uh, as I try to get everything, all the buttons push. Uh, <laughs> Caravel's run and the Japer. Force red, and here she comes now. Caravel is up now to grab the lead, and Casa Creed is now kicking in. It's Caravel in front. Casa Creed surging on the outside. Late run here from Big Invasion. It is Caravel trying to beat the boys again. Far outside, Big Invasion. Caravel has done it. Caravel holds on, beats the boys again. Who's in the uh, mount there? The the mount for Caravel, of course. Tyler Tyler guy fell in. Another good, another well timed race. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, man. He was he was on it. And, he was, and, uh, and with 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 all of the eyes of the sport and with everyone there. I, I mean, I, I don't have to sing Tyler's praises. People that watch the show or listen to this show know exactly who Tyler Gaffelion is. But to do the, repeatedly on the on this kind of stage for him, I think was was a good good show this weekend. Yeah, look at this bum U.S. Open out in L.A. You hate you hate look, golf, don't you? Bums. Look at this. You oh, it's, it's just manicured. Look at it. <laughs> yeah, so far the U.S. Manicure. Open uh, low scores is not holding up the way that <laughs> they normally would think with Ricky Fowler. and. How bougie Jamie do you imagine Tyson. the L.A. Country Club is? I mean, was O.J. a member? Probably, right? Then very bougie. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I have there. no idea, honestly, <laughs> how bougie the L.A. Country Club would be. <laughs> is it probably pretty close to where UCLA is? That I, I really have no idea. Uh, Oh, no, great. Yeah. Now I got to look it up. All yeah. Right. I mean, I would assume it's in that area. Have you ever been to UCLA? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty bougie over there. UCLA, bougie and nice. USC, bougie, but not nice in the neighborhood. No, not nice in the neighborhood of UC, <laughs> USC at all. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to go to uh, now. I, I, w I almost want to show this whole race with Cody's Wish because. Sure. Go ahead. It's only a minute. I think it's, I think it's worth it because could Cody's Wish have gotten a worse, a worse trip? Yeah, he could have fallen down. Yeah, I mean, Betts basically would have taken his coming out of the gate. He was awful. He could have fallen down. I mean, so let's go <laughs> ahead and and let's just take a look at this race. And I actually bet against Cody's wish here because I thought he could have might have been a little bit vulnerable. And he just made me look like a fool. <laughs> I mean, basically said there's not. A, so there's the there's UCLA. Course. There's the country club and there's Beverly Hills. OK, so, yeah, it's yeah, okay. they're doing fine. All right. They're OK. And how about me nailing that location? You did nail it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's take a look real quick uh, for the uh, grade one Met Mile here and and Cody's wish. All right. Let me pull it up. Good radio here. And <laughs> hit play. All right. Pull it up. That's what she said. Oh, didn't hit play. There we go. And uh, they're off. Johnny I. In the Hillendale Metropolitan Handicap, Cody's wish from that inside post was off a step slow. It is slow down, Andy, and White Abario on the outside. And between those two, it is hoist the goal. So it's three of them across. Repo Rocks sits just behind them in fourth. Then it's Charge It next in fifth. On the outside is Zandon. And then we come back to a doppelganger. On the inside is a Cody's wish. The opening quarter went in 22 and three-fifth seconds. So it is Dr. Shivel who's in between horses. Slow down Andy on the inside and hoist the gold on the outside. The three of them across the track for the lead. White Abario runs in fourth. Charge it is on the move on the outside in the fifth. Then comes Repo Rocks, followed next by Zandon. Then the favorite, Cody's Wish. Doppelganger is at the back. Opening half mile in 45 and four fifth seconds. Long shot hoists the gold. Challenged on the inside Go by Slowdown Andy. Go far Dr. Shivel has dropped back. Here he comes Charged on the outside. Now advanced into third. Cody's Wish is wide. making a big move on the extreme turn. outside. Cody's Wish is picking off horses as they come for the top Six of the wide, stretch really. in yep. the Met Mile. Here comes Cody's Wish on the outside. Now to grab the lead. Slowdown Andy down towards the rail. It is Cody's Wish <laughs> in front. Cody's Wish is drawing away. Cody's Wish putting in a huge effort here. Then it's Sandin and White Abario, but it's Cody's wish. And this beautiful racing story continues with this terrific racehorse. He has now won six in a row.
Six in a row for Cody's oh, wish. Cody's wish. And I told you, I think, going into this, that I was really interested to see kind of what happened with Zandon. Uh-huh. And, and who was my second-place pick? Uh, Barrio. And who came second, third? Yeah. I mean, Zandon Barrio neck and neck for a second. But I, I thought, you know, if you're going to take anything, Cody Wish is an absolute beast. He's a monster. Probably the best horse in training right now in North America. Probably. Um, I guess we would say that he's even pulling apart in that horse of the year race. Right. So he's putting himself dead in the middle of it. Yep. Uh, And And frankly, he's forcing people because of of that run to think about him for the classic. Oh, yeah. Right. Because if he can go like that, he's still going at a mile. That guy, he could definitely do the two turns and to get the uh, get the distance, I think. So, all right. We uh, let's just do it, man. Well, listen, we're going to bring on a special guest right now before we do the replay of the Belmont. And by the way, thanks to Naira and and then Fox here uh, pretty soon as we go through all these race replays. Uh, I think it'd only be fitting if we just brought on Jenna Antonucci with us real quick <laughs> to talk a little bit about the Belmont Stakes. Jenna, how's it going? Can you hear us? I see her there, and she's staring at us. She might have frozen. All right, I'm going to take Jenna out for just a second until she uh, gets back going. Are we sure that anyone can hear us? I'm, I'm pretty sure that people can hear us. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we are live. Jenna, <laughs> Jenna is actually here the show, and she's frozen. Oh, no. Yeah, so uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, look at this replay of the Belmont Stakes. Well, let's wait. Come on. Let's let her watch it. You want to – huh? We'll let her watch it. All right. Well, we can do that. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> what, anything else that you want to add about Cody's Wish while we're waiting to see if Jenna – No, it's it. just – I mean, it's it's very rare in any sport that you get a story that positive that keeps giving as much as that one. Yeah. Period. I mean, just – it's they, they, those those aren't supposed to happen. And so it's nice that it's happening in our sport. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation there, uh, I think Jenna got off for a second. She's yeah. going to pop back on. Um, but, yeah, it, it, you're right. Those kind of stories we live for, and it will be kind of cool to kind of see what the next step for Cody's Wish is and do they start to stretch him out a little bit and look for that uh, look for that opportunity maybe to, to work your way into the classic. Um, it would be awesome to see. So, yeah. Um, well, and we have to remember, too, he wins the mile in the Breeders' Cup last year at Keeneland. He had to go two turns to do it, right? And that was probably the, the fullest, best field of that day was in the mile that day. So hopefully, you know. <laughs> oh, we got her? Jenna, are you on now? Yes? <laughs> Jenna, I how's so. it going? All right, yes, we yeah. hear you. That's fantastic. We, you know, listen, a little technical difficulties on a Thursday night. There's nothing wrong with that. So We're probably past hey. Jenna's bedtime anyway. It is pouring here, so okay. I'm about my about my connection here. So I may. We might have to turn your video off because you're you did get a little choppy there. So, how did I not know the weather was that bad? I have no idea. <laughs> and she's frozen again. Oh no! All right, Jenna, if you can hear us, we're gonna. There you are. Oh, okay. She is, okay. Yeah, she's all right. She's, right. she's giving us the thumbs up. We might be live. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Because listen, I mean, you're the star of the show here. I mean, this is like big deal. I agree that no one cares about you. I'm with you. No one yeah. definitely cares okay, about yeah. this Italian. Yeah. I am not the Italian people <laughs> want to hear from. Uh, which, of course, when we did our, our Belmont preview show last week, you know, that was, we always kind of joke on the Italian pick is the, is the horse that I'm going to like. So, because uh, you got the Don Alberto stables and all that kind of stuff going on with it. Like you have, it, it just felt full, full on. Full, yeah. Full I love it. it. Yeah. Full yeah. I love it. Uh, do you know where in Italy your family's from? Yes. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> These are the questions. My She's like, okay, I, horse racing my, show, get into this. Uh, where's your family from in Italy? There we go. Yeah, yes. Um, so my handicapping I, strategy is to bet on Italian horses and Star Wars themed horses. There it is. So that was it. So. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, yeah. you do you. Whatever works. It worked eight to one on Saturday. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, so we have um, a lot of college basketball in our area on top of a lot of horse racing, of course, Jenna. Did you have a Jim Valvano moment the other day? Have you seen Jimmy V running around the court trying to find someone to hug? I feel like you put your head down to celebrate and have a no. moment of, of, of by yourself, and everyone else in your box is hugging. And you look back, and everyones they're already busy. No, like, no. It was literally, I was probably needed that space to just, like, Clearly, the reaction was a little over the top that I now recognize and acknowledge. But um, yeah, that it's probably, viral. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, apparently, I think I just needed a minute, anyways, to sure. regain um, oxygen in my lungs. So we're good. All was good. 
Yeah, I don't know if you know this, Louis, but Italians are traditionally non-emotional. Completely yeah, unemotional. Yeah. Don't use their hands to talk. Yeah, yeah none of those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Totally yeah. yourself a lot better than I did. And, um, you know, I, 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 I know that you embrace it, but just like, man, how awesome it is to be the first woman to win a triple crown race. And what did that mean to you? And did you, I mean, I think you go into the race, you just want to win the race. But afterwards, is it just like, does it hit you and just like, man, I just became, I just broke a glass ceiling. Um, I'm pretty sure they beeped my reaction when I said we won the stake. <laughs> so um, that was the cleanest Italian version I could give <laughs> in that moment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I know a lot of people have talked about the gender aspect of it and, and I don't ignore that. And I am so grateful for what that means for other people and whatnot. I don't lead my life with, I'm a woman, so give me this opportunity, or I didn't get that opportunity because I'm a woman. I'm a, you know, bust your butt and do the work um, kind of person. So, you know, it's been a bit of a balance, honestly, in my head of just navigating that and what that means to everybody else. And, and I'm grateful that they share that with me and that it inspires them to work harder or to chase dreams and goals. And I don't take that for granted. All right. Did you want to go into, I mean, I, I think we want to get into the Archangelo stuff a little bit. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, what, let's do this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> widely raced, right? But you did run this horse as a two-year-old. Um, did you know early on that you had something special with Archangelo? His breezes were always really mm -hmm. like, well, that was interesting. And, well, that was interesting. And, you know, we were just trying to idle him for so long to let him grow up and mature that, you know, we never really asked. And then you start asking, and you're like, well, that's even more interesting. And so more than anything, we just wanted him to continue to mature mentally um, and be more as ready as he could for, you know, what he could potentially have ahead of him. But listen, you, you really learn what you have in the, af in the afternoon. And so we've all seen those amazing, brilliant horses in the morning that just look like they're the next coming of and they show up in the afternoon and they need to be, you know, still running. So we wanted to make sure that that wasn't the case and stay quiet and let him bring himself to the foreground. There's a, there's a quote on your website uh, from you. The answer is already within each horse. It's up to mm -hmm. us to listen. If someone's listening to this show and all they do is watch horse racing and they bet it, what does that mean? What does that mean to someone like Jen Antonucci? Um, I mean, I hope there's not many people like me out there. <laughs> That's a big world. Um, the, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a loud world. There's a ton of opinions. The internet obviously is never shy of one. And so I think we need to sometimes calm down and quiet down and, and just lean into the horse and listen a little bit more and, and so for me, it's just slowing down and, and listening to these horses a tick more and, and let, listen, we aren't going to have Archangelos. We all have a ton of claiming level horses and let's get the best out of each horse that we have. And I think slowing down and listening to them and letting them tell their story um, allows that to happen. I mean, it kind of goes in and I, I wasn't going to talk about this just yet, but you have this whole horseology uh, movement. I think it's fair to almost even call it and how, and how you believe in transparency and, how you, I mean, uh, what is, tell people about what horseology is for you guys and how you all implement it. And, and I mean, um, cause it, it's super cool concept. Horseology is a service-based business, um, providing our clients, our, our owners from conception to retirement. So this industry is, um, notoriously very fractured, right? Um, Bob has his horses over here for breeding and Bob sends his horses over there for sales prep and Bob sends his horses there to retire. So our intention was, you know, Katie and I have such a wide berth of knowledge and experience to put all of these services in one house where clients can have one point of contact to deal with all these phases that horses go through. And so that's what Horseology came from. And, um, you know, we're having a lot of fun doing it and it's and it's working. And then, you, you know, you you but you all specifically missing the transparency part on that horseology piece mm -hmm. of your OUS. What does that transparency look like for you in the world of horse racing? It's, it's just an open door policy. Um, you know, there's not smoke and mirrors or a good time to come or it's not convenient now. And, you know, I'll call you with an update. Don't call me. <laughs> you know, we've we've all heard it and seen it. And um, I didn't like how it made me feel to hear it yeah. for an owner that is paying the bills. He, he's literally putting food on your table. If he wants to ask you a question, he can pick up that phone or she can pick up that phone and, and they are entitled to those answers. And so just really leaning forward with horse forward, you know, transparency, integrity, and, and having people in on it. And, and we have some clients that want an update once a month and, and that's fine. That's what works for them. And we have others that, you know, want to have a 45 minute conversation 
often. So, you know, you make it work. <laughs> you gotta make those clowns happy. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So when you go into a horse like the Belmont stakes, you've got a little buzz. You won the Peter Pan. There's lots of precedents. The last two horses to win the Peter Pan and win the Belmont turned out to be pretty good sires, by the way, <laughs> tonalist and AP Indy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's that? Little, little side note yeah 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 i mean not bad doesn't hurt the uh horseology side of the breeding shed if you'll ever decide to go with that route so tell bob to to send him off to the breeding shed eventually yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what what are the what were going into the race like what were the different race scenarios that you were prepared for for this horse um i think we can i think everyone can understand and agree the horse is pretty dynamic um if you if you pull out the maiden with this, you know, his, the number that he ran there, the sheet number that everyone was convinced was a typo. Hmm. Um, and then you come back at the Peter Pan and, you know, overcame, you know, a, a relatively pedestrian pace for, for that kind of group of horses. And then for those two to draw off like they did was, you know, okay, well, that's new. That's interesting. And then to come back in this spot. So I think, you know, we've learned about him, the, the diversity of him. And with that, the biggest thing that I conveyed to Javier was just, I need you to feel this race. Um, I wasn't, listen, I've had plenty of horses that if I didn't have a pace to run into, I was dead in the water. And so I absolutely get what that means for a jockey where it takes that pressure kind of off where they don't have to completely stress what's happening on the front end. Um, just give them a good trip, let them build. We expected we would be tipping out and around. Um, my freak out moment on film was when the pearly gates opened on the rail and we were able to cut the corner because right. that hardly ever happens in a normal race scenario never mind the 155th version of the belmont stakes so um that was when it was that's when the freak out kind of happened and we wanted to get a jump on the field again not hidden this horse has a very sustained run um which is a wonderful piece to have and a nice horse that he doesn't need to have a quarter of a mile or you don't have to time that three sixteenths to just get that perfect punch to the wire. He's going to give you that big run. And our feeling was if we could get a little jump on the field, um, they'd have to come and run us down and Javier was going to make sure they had to run around them to do it. I love it. So let's actually pick up the race right here from where that rail kind of yep. opens up. And, and Johnny did the right it. things here, right? So Johnny's supposed to fade these two wide. Um, Right. He didn't know wh who was behind him. He knew someone was behind him. But, uh, you know, Johnny rode a really good race. He had a hard time getting that horse to settle a little bit. But I don't think there was a tactical error there, in, in my opinion. Not because we benefited, but just in being an observer of the race. Absolutely. Okay, so and feel free to talk over this replay, by the way, because that would be fantastic. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> Give us the live commentator here. I put my mic down. Like, yeah, talk. Play the video over it. And but yeah, I mean, right here is where I was screaming, go, go, because I wanted him to hold that spot. And then we held the spot there. And, you know, it was just like, holy crap, you know, we're there. And then we wanted to kind of start running from the three um, going. And we did. And I think, you know, National Treasure was a little bit gassed. He had done all the heavy lifting. Um, and, you know, I love Tappet Trice. Forte, obviously, with the deep close that that's become really his style, that deeper, deeper close. But with Tappet Trice, watching that horse train, I, I love how he goes, but I feel like he's a little inefficient, you know, where he spends a lot of time in the air with his legs. And so, again, that was kind of a part of there she is. really wrong. Yeah, the freak out. Um, that was you know, some of the strategy. We'll let this of, go. Know, yeah. Some of the strategy <laughs> of going early was, you know, we're pretty efficient in the way we move. And if we could, you know, boogie boogie a little early, it would be um, pretty hard for them to come and run us down. So, I mean, this is this is not just a cool story for you, of course, but I mean, for Javier Castellano, a guy who grew up near the track, I mean, this is, I mean, it, it's kind of stunning when you when you think about the great jockeys in, a, in the sport that we love that haven't gotten either a Derby win or a Belmont win to get yeah. both in the same, same year. year. Good two gosh. Different horses. Two different horses is oh really remarkable. God. I mean, how lucky, I mean, what, what good, I shouldn't say lucky, but what, what a good relationship you obviously have with Javi in this case. Yeah. And it was again from, you know, when we talked about the day before, I wasn't going to have a, you know, deep conversation with him in the paddock about, Hey, this is how you need to go ride your Belmont horse. I mean, that's <laughs> right. dumb. So, 
you know, we, it was just a, I just literally, the last thing I said to him when I legged him up is just go feel this race. Good luck. Go feel the race and let it happen. And, um, you know, so blessed it turned out, you know, to work out for us. All right, Jenna, you are um, the first person in a new segment that we're starting called Horse Racing 101. So we want our audience to get a behind the scenes look at what it's like to be involved in the horse industry since Mike and I essentially show up at like 11 o'clock do two hours of work and then smoke cigars the rest of the day. So what, um, what does your day look like as a trainer? So that if someone thought, Oh man, I want to be a horse trainer. What, um, what are they getting into? Don't like sleep. <laughs> um, love that. You're going to have a problem every day to resolve. Okay. Um, really enjoy logistics um, okay. of who needs to be where, what, and by what time, that's without even shipping your barn somewhere. Um, client relations, business growth, knowing how to run a business, payroll, workman's comp, visa programs. Um, trying I mean, to make sure I a... all the good parts of Crazy, it all. And, right? then, and then try and win races. And then if you don't win enough, everyone telling you that you're terrible. So it's, it's wonderful. I highly <laughs> recommend it. Highly recommend Oh man, I'm, I have to ask. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure on. that's the answer you were looking oh, for, but it's exactly you have. We'll need to know that you have a team started. that you have talked about a lot. Fiona Goodwin is obviously a big part of your team. Who is this gentleman here who's walking that's with Giovanni? Yeah. What's his name? Giovanni? 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 Not he's not Italian. He's Mexican. Giovanni. Okay. Giovanni. <laughs> well, that's my son's middle name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Rocco Giovanni Gandolfo. <laughs> Yeah, there's no meatballs with Giovanni. He's a you know, black beans and rice kind of guy. So All right. that's, awesome. that's Giovanni Flores. He's actually been with me for about 10 years. Um, his mother was my um, forewoman when I was in New York full time. And oh. so um, when he started with me, he was actually a hot walker and learned it you know, all the way through and is one of the best grooms that we have, one of the kindest souls um, that you would meet. Well, uh, so often we hear just let the groom walk the horse into the, into the winter circle. And you obviously let him uh, have that moment with the horse, and everything, which is the best. There was just, that wasn't even a question. Cool. And, and John wouldn't have had it that way either. Um, mm. You know, it's just, we are a team, we're a unit and it is every single person um, that you've mentioned and more that is part of this journey. And I wouldn't take that away from anybody. What's next for Archangelo? Uh, he goes to Saratoga in a couple of days. We'll get the whole stable, you know, that the group that's traveling this summer, will all meet up there over the weekend. Um, we'll put him back under tack at the beginning of next week and start um, figuring out where we're going to go next. And no, I'm not going to tell you because we don't know yet. <laughs> Travers. Uh, um, that's cool. <laughs> wow, that's a really bad sinus issue you guys have going on. Oh, there. the allergies in Louisville. Oh, I'm terrible. Yeah. 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 You're yeah. all verklempt yeah. over it, I see. It yeah. is bad. Yeah. Very verklempt, yes. So, yeah. Uh, well, we'll be definitely be cheering you on and, and watching Thank to you. see what happens next. So, um, I Jenna, where should people come find you and uh, and, and all those things so that uh, they no. don't bother you like don't? Yeah, just don't bother you like we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we'll be around all summer, you know, I'll be in and out at Saratoga and the sales and stuff, but you know, all my social right. stuff is pretty, um, having a unique name makes your social stuff pretty easy to find you. There it is. Yeah. All right. Jenna, thanks a lot for coming on. Nice uh, you. I, you are literally the first trainer we've had on the show. I think, is that true? And the reason why is because train, most trainers don't have a bunch of personality. Well, we interviewed Asmussen you, at the Preakness well, that's true. for 20 seconds. For 20 seconds. And then, uh, we've had Pletcher on this show. But that was a, a previous before, iteration. Yeah, of this yeah, show. yeah, 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 yeah. But, but like right after the Belmont, no, no, no but no. this is because again, like a lot of trainers don't have the personality on air. And so I appreciate you coming. Well, on or the last it. name that you yeah. identify with. Yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks guys. Bye, Jenna. See you. All right. That was, uh, that was Jenny Antonucci. That was fantastic. So, and we'll see if, if he goes on to, uh, Travers. Uh, Haskell. Uh, I think Haskell's more likely, dude. If that, if this, if this anticipatory field is King's Barn and a bunch of dudes, mm -hmm. give me, give me a little arcade. Then half yard, half yard won't have a, a decision to make. <laughs> no, that's right. Because you might. Easy, yes. All right, we're we're gonna talk about Mammoth Park. Talk yes, we are a bit about the Haskell, and we're gonna bring on our next guest, and I'll let uh, Louis introduce. Yeah, Brian Skirka joins us now from Monmouth. There he is, hey, Brian. First time on the show. Glad to have him. Very unusual, Mike, because usually when I send an email to the marketing team at a track and say, Hey, is there anyone available? I usually don't hear back from tracks East and North of us. And so it's very nice in a place where we actually have a lot of followers yeah. 
in New Jersey. It's st- I'm always stunned at how many people. In New There's Jersey a lot of Italians in New Jersey. Jersey. Is that what it is? <laughs> That's exactly what. Oh, it's a yeah. pasta thing. Got yeah, it. All right. Well, there you go. Well, Brian familiar. joins us uh, from Monmouth Park. Brian, how are you, man? I'm great, guys. How are you? Thanks for. How does it me. feel to follow Jenna Antonucci? Uh, it doesn't feel great from <laughs> <laughs> from a you know can't stand up to that. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, right. yeah. No, I uh, I wrote a great uh, ad today about a car show, and she just won the Belmont Stakes. So uh, it's a little apples to oranges, but you gotta you gotta fill in wherever you can. But I I tuned in. Uh, I logged on a little early to make sure that I could hear because she's a obviously a great speaker, and and now people are able to hear her after she's had her great success. So a great interview, a great guest uh, you guys had, and I'm just. Happy to be the one coming up after. Hey, Brian, we appreciate you. So uh, we did a bunch of shows with our friends in Maryland. Oh, by the way, I do want to thank our friends in Maryland for uh, sponsoring our horse racing 101 segment with Jenna just now. No better time to breed and race in Maryland than there is right now. Tons, tons of incentives. We'll talk about another mid-Atlantic spot here, though, with New Jersey. And, Brian, um, something they do really wrong in Maryland is they try to name all their stakes days something very stupid. And so it really bothers me. And they also have bad card construction, and the oh, last race good. is terrible. You don't have any of that at, at Monmouth Park. It's beautiful. The beach is nearby. You close things with $60,000 allowance races. I just wanted to congratulate you on not having ridiculous nicknames and actually carding your things properly. I just thank you. At, at least some at least some days. We had a, we had a big handicapping contest two Saturdays ago. And uh, the same couldn't be true. We were a little lackluster in the last race of the day. But for uh, <laughs> for Saturday, for Haskell Preview Day, we did a, a great job. The card was really good. So Saturday's a preview for the Haskell. Do you know what they call it, Mike? The Pegasus. Ha- Haskell Preview Day. Oh, Haskell Preview Day. Okay. Well, the Pegasus. I mean, that. imagine right. that kind of just working knowledge and, and logic in horse racing. Who hey, I work in marketing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> If you call it just like a Chinese restaurant, you know how they name their dishes, right? Like you know exactly what you're. You know get. what you're getting. You know exactly what you're getting. Wait, get. the quarter pounders? How now, heavy? Even Got though uh, Archangelo is skipping, you know, the Pegasus. Day, yeah, I mean, I mean it, 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 he's still good. We, you know, I mean, could get it's the been race, seven maybe. days. Run your horseback. You'll be all right. If he only ran an hour. He only ran a mile and a half. What are we doing? Yeah, yeah, we'll cut him some slack for coming back on a week's <laughs> rest. But uh, Haskell, original Haskell, will uh, hopefully we'll see him then. That'd be uh, pretty awesome. That'd be amazing. Uh, so let's let's get into it. You all get ready to go. Ready to go. We're going to talk gonna... with him about the four stakes races that are on the card this weekend. All of them are win and end races for a month from now. Um, the Pegasus Stakes, which will open with top two finishers, get a spot in the Haskell. All right, and that Pegasus is a mile sixteenth on the dirt, hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And of course, this is for three year olds only because the Haskell is only for three year olds. So uh, we got a pretty good field here, including Kings Barnes. Uh, is Kings Barnes the horse to beat, Louie, or is someone going to take him down? I think this is an interesting field, actually, and I think because of that, I, I love the incentive of two spots. Yep. I think that's a really a really interesting incentive because in this race, Brian, I don't know if you agree, but this is an interesting mix of horses who have already shown their medal, like Kings Barnes, and some later bloomers, right? And and that's really what the Haskell can be is is a is a chance for someone to win a, a high-level derby at a million dollars. Um, that might be um, blooming a little later. And a recent bloomer is Salute the Stars. Okay. It's the four horse here. Uh, one uh, right off the bench, last out for Brad Cox. Immediately brought him back at nine furlongs, which I think is interesting. He's going to run that back uh, here, uh, just a little bit shorter here. But um, I do think that that's the move to Joel Rosario shows how how much they want to finish in the top two here. They are really aiming for the Haskell with this horse. I do think that Kings Barnes is absolutely um, the, 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 the class of the race. If you look for another one, how great is Nate as a local here? Seems to love the course here. Ran a really good uh, mile 70 last time in the long branch. It's a black type there at, uh, uh, at, uh, at Monmouth. So I landed on those three. If you wanted to use them uh, with the four, eight and seven in this one, Brian, where'd you land here? Yeah, I thought it was an interesting spot. And just as a, a programming note, this this race 10 does start in all stakes pick four. So something else that I like what we do on this day is, you know, we have our normal pick four. Obviously, that's the last four races on the day, but we added a pick four special here. So all four stakes races 10, 11, 12, 13 is, a, is an all stakes pick four. Um, I, I agree with you in philosophy. Kings Barnes is definitely the name horse here. He obviously sure. came out of the Derby. He was a Louisiana Derby winner and was undefeated going into the Derby. Got caught up in that crazy pace duel and, and just had no chance. Uh, in this race, I'm going to take a small shot against him. You know, he's on there. I'm not, I'm not losing any wager when he wins the race. He, he's on every ticket. But I guess the, the story is he was originally planning to run in the Belmont last week. 
missed a workout because he had a, a minor bout of colic. So they didn't run him in the Belmont, obviously, sure. with some missed time. So, you know, he, he obviously is, has recouped from that and, and it's as well to run in this race. But maybe now is the time to take a shot against him, just coming off of that, that missed work and, and being a little bit sick. Yeah, easier said than done trying to find the horse that that is going to beat him if you're going against king's barns a lot of them kind of have been running similar numbers my my original kind of i thought i was a wise guy before i saw the morning line and i I don't feel as wise anymore (laughs) i I was looking at classic catch the other todd fletcher um he he comes out of the peter pan that archangelo won he was beating 10 plus plus lengths in there um which obviously is a distance but I, i did like that he showed a little bit more speed with blinkers on this is his second race with blinkers on. Before he wore the blinkers, he came from the clouds. He was basically last in every race and kind of closed slash plotted, you know, you know, at the end. I like that the blinkers added some speed into him last time, even though he wasn't around anywhere at the end against a tougher field. He draws post one and, and Paco Lopez. I, I, I have confidence that he's going to be in, the, in a perfect spot, classic catch. I'm not as confident that he's good enough. Um, I was hoping that he, maybe he would be a, a semi-decent price. He's a three-to-one second choice on the morning line, which I didn't see coming. Um, so if you told me that he was going to be, you know, double that, six-to-one, sure. I, I would take a shot. Three-to-one, uh, I'm, not, I'm not loving that. But, but I do think whether it's the horses you mentioned, um, the one classic catcher, even the two, Moreau, who, who looked pretty good breaking his mane at Churchill, I, I do think this might be the chance to take a shot against Kings Barnes just coming off of that mini bat of colic. I don't have odds, so I'm I'm jealous of you guys. Oh, okay, yeah, so, yeah. so it's all right though. Something called Equibase exists. I, I understand. Okay, I mean yeah. I'm just going off what I got. So. Equibase, sure, sure. All right, well we're gonna move on to uh, we, we like to have a little fun here, Brian. I hope that's all right. You know, <laughs> a little, little fun. I'm all about it. Fun of us, <laughs> yeah. Right. You know whatever you want to do. So the dad shirts, it's very dad this shirt is, tonight. L- listen, I'm not only going with dad shirt. I got on blue jeans <laughs> and sandals. Okay, no socks. Didn't go that far, but I'm, I was going to say this is this is the first day. podcast I've ever done wearing gym shorts. Most of them are, you know, in the office. Don't and, tell me about uh, your pants. I don't. I you don't know. See, <laughs> he just talked about his socks. I'm not happy not, about no Mike socks. either, but no I have socks. to. I have to deal with him next week, not you. Right? Brian. You know, lack of socks is worse than gym shorts. I mean, come on. Um, I agree with Brian. Okay, <laughs> I'll take all the besmirchment. All the besmirchment. It's not needless either. It's all right. All right. Race eleven, Mammoth Park. It is, you know, and also it's Father's Day weekend. So, are you are you a dad, Brian? I am not. All no, right, sir. Well, you can wish us a happy Father's Day. Yes, right. a happy happy Father's. Yeah, he doesn't have to spend Sunday pretending he likes his gifts. Hey, my kids aren't even in town. They what just a day! Left. What I'm a here day! Here by myself. So. <laughs> That's even better. Uh, I'm definitely happy Father's Day. Jealous. Great. <laughs> Look what I colored you, Daddy. Yeah, honey, this is um, great. Grade three, Eaton Town is race eleven. <laughs> it is on the turf, oh, yeah. mile and a sixteenth for Phillies and Mares, three year olds. Uh, grade three here, one hundred fifty thousand dollars purse. This is uh, all the final races are grade threes, which is awesome. Yep. Uh, Brian can go first here. Brian, yeah, who do you like? Great. Yeah, to me, this is the best of the of the four stakes races in, in terms of competitiveness. Um, there are a lot of horses that can win this race. Uh, I, I'm on the one, surprisingly. I, I think this is pretty good, and and I'll foreshadow a, a future pick. Uh, I think What's two horses, horse surprisingly, is the horse. Oh, no, okay. All right. no, no, just, I was, it was the dad joke. It was bad. I got you. Happy Father's <laughs> Day again, by the way. <laughs> Enjoy. Um, I mean, what's so surprising <laughs> you about you liking the one horse? Just tell me what's surprising about it. I, I, I think I think this is a don't call me uh, Shirley. The surprising part is that there's two Chad Brown horses in here, and I'm picking against them. That's a yeah, that's not a good yeah, idea. Yeah. Yep. Um, but Shug has two horses in this pick four sequence. We'll get to the other one later. That I feel like are vintage Shug. Kind of as they get older, they get better. We're just kind of you know so so average in their early in their earlier years, and now they're they're getting better with each and every start. And I think surprisingly is that horse. She caught my eye three races back at Tampa when she won the Endeavor, uh, beating Scottish Star, who was in this race, and also beating Market Segmentation in that race. Market Segmentation came back to win the Bougay, and then just won the Grade One in New York on Friday. Uh, in that race, surprisingly, was not really stuck in traffic, but just had to wait a little bit around the turn and closed incredibly quickly to run those two horses down. That was a race that did feature some pace that she closed into. Her next two races, the Hillsborough at Tampa and then last time at the Bo- in the Bogay at Belmont, neither of those races featured any kind of early pace. They were mm-hmm. won by horses that were up close, and she is a closer. She needs pace in this race. She should get pace in this race from the seven. Katie's a lady Agreed. who's stepping up in class from an allowance race and starters at Tampa. This horse has run off on occasion, so 
I don't see that one sticking around at the end, but should be there in the beginning to at least set up some early pace. So I think the race flow is going to get back to what Surprising wants to do. Paco Lopez, who's aboard this day, is the perennial leading rider at Monmouth, knows the turf course better than anyone, and has been aboard, surprisingly, in two of her last three starts, so knows the filly as well. I, I just think the Chad Brown horses are going to take money. They definitely should. Consumer spending is consistent. Gina Romantica on the outside is a grade one winner. She hasn't run since October, though, where surprisingly has four races so far this year. So maybe she has a little bit of a fitness edge. And again, I'm, I'm hoping that with two Chads, a Todd, a horse from, from Christoph Clement who's been running against the boys. I just ran a hundred yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm hoping that surprisingly maybe slips through the cracks. And again, just like the horse I picked in the previous race, looking for something in like the five or six to one range. Less, less than that, maybe not. But I think surprisingly getting back to a, a race with some pace in it uh, is definitely live here. Yeah, I, I think just in this race alone, there are what... F- there are eight horses. Five of them are four to one or lower. Right. I mean, it's that competitive. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with Brian. Totally. I think it's very, very uh, competitive. Would not be shocked if surprisingly won here. I did yeah. land on it. So uh, let's be really clear about this. The winner of this race gets a starting spot in the matchmaker. Chad yeah. Brown has won that race five of the last six years. Yep. I think we've talked about that before. So let's let's be realistic about what this is. Gina Romanic is here. Consumer spending is here. Uh, I think both of them are obviously serious threats. I do have surprisingly in the three Spot for me, third most likely to win here because of Paco Lopez. Agree with Brian's uh, take on that, that he is absolutely the dean of the jockey colony uh, on the Jersey Shore. I think Spirit and Glory is an interesting entry here, Brian, the five um, for uh, Nick Juarez for the, the Falcone Bard. I, um, it's an interesting low. One last time out in a list at stakes over this course in a quick time as well. So when you can run that 141 over the mile in a 16th, to me, that's a, that's a winning time, frankly. And so if that horse, frankly, can be closer pressing on the pace like it was last time might have a shot here too uh with nick in the irons there has to carry a little bit more weight than last time but i i think the four pounds will be just fine yeah. all right do you have something to add brian i was just gonna say she ran really well last time too um a reason i don't like scottish star is is they both came out of the same race than miss liberty scottish star was absolutely lone speed had plenty of back class there was no one to run with her early and spirit and glory actually ran her down with no you know, no one was up there pressing Scottish star. So spirit and glory, I, I would give a look to, you know, she has to step up again in class to run against some of the beasts from Shug and Chad and, and Christoph's barn. But I, I don't like Scottish star. So if you want to just put a circle around her now and we'll just write her in as the winner. That's uh, pretty so much how it goes on this that's show. That's how the show works. So we've been a horse hardcore. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the one horse that I mentioned is not liking. I mean, just key all your bets around Scottish star, but yeah. uh, spirit and glory, I would give a look at a, at a decent price. She did run well last time. Brian, go ahead and say it. Louis Saez is a bum. Just say it. Louis Saez is a bum. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> All right. Next race is race 12. It is the Salvatore Mile, grade three. Uh, race is a mile, Louis. That's why they call it the Salvatore Mile. Real? Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's on the dirt. $150,000 for three-year-olds <laughs> and up. Just the logic at, at Monmouth. Yeah, we get a little horses with bourbon in Haskell the preview. Mile is a mile. Pff, get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Horse racing is like, what are, they, what are they doing in New Jersey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, why make it harder than it has to be? <laughs> I don't yeah, know, but right. we like to do it. Uh, all right. Who are we liking this one, Louie? Cool name for a race, by the way. Big fan. Um, Salvatore Mile here obviously feeds and uh, leads, leads into the Monmouth Cup. Last four winners. Highly motivated Dr. Post Global Campaign War Story. It's not bad. That's a nice set of grade yeah. three winners right there. That's yeah, a good is. group of horses. Um, I don't see a horse of that class in this field, but it doesn't mean that we won't have one drop in. Uh, next month, but Hadeon Toledo is five for five on Nimitz class, the eight here. Uh, they'll try to get out front and stay out front. I don't know if Havion can rock people to sleep in this group, but I do think he can. Petulance in this race has won the uh, Israel, the one lightly raced. Results speak for themselves five races, three first, two seconds, two for two at the distance. Luis Sias, who we just mentioned, who we both really like, stays in the irons here. Uh, trainer Victor Barboza off to a nice start this year. Petulant is in excellent form. Interesting to see if he'll like if he likes two turns. My guess is he will based on his breeding, and so Chad Brown also has the nine Artorias in here off the layoff. If that horse fires, he wins this race, but uh, we talked about fitness with some of the Brown horses. I'm less enamored on the gr- on the dirt than I am on the grass with his horses, so I went eight, one, and nine here at the Salvatore Mile. All right. By the way, just before Brian goes, if you're all right, this uh, Salvatore uh, was a two-time winner of the United States Horse of the Year oh. right back in 1889 and 1890. That's who this race is named for. Um, Jenna Antonucci trained him that long ago. Yeah, yeah all right. Yeah, she was she looks really good for her I, age. Look, these vampires, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, 
Sorry, Jenna. <laughs> there it is. I'm, I'm, I'm thrown off. I just want to talk about Salvatore there for a while. This, this race has been around for uh, since 1948. Wow. So there you go. All right. You go. go ahead and tell us who you like here. And it's a mile? It's a mile. Got it. It used to be the mile handicap. Uh-huh. No handicap anymore, except for us. Except for, the, except for the weight, because everyone's carrying different weights. Keep going, yeah, Brad. It's always running a mile, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I went with Artorius here. Um, I, I think he's the best horse in the race. And, yeah. and as you said, if, if fitness is, is no issue, um, I think, he, you know, my, my, my two concerns, you know, if you want to say concerns, you know, the layoff, he's been out, he's been gone for eight months by my math. So, you know, is he going to be a hundred percent for this race? Probably not. Is he, you know, how close to a hundred percent is he going to be? And the post, you know, we don't run many mile races to my knowledge. This is the only race with the word mile in it. Uh, we probably run, you know, we won more races at a mile, but this is the only race that actually is titled something mile. Sure. Uh, but it's a very short run to the first turn. So right. he's post nine of 10. So, you know, hopefully, or, uh, yeah, Florent Giroux can get him, you know, in a, in a decent position. Um, yeah, he was he was under nine to one in the Traverse last year with Epicenter, Cyberknife, Zandon in the field. So, you know, he, he took money against the Monsters in there. He won the Curlin at Saratoga. So if he can come back, you know, and he's ready to run. Uh, I think he's the best horse in the race. Nimitz class is, is interesting. You mentioned him. Uh, he, he's one of those horses that, you know, you scroll through the PPs and you know, I follow racing as I know you guys do on a day in, day out basis. So I feel like I'm, you know, there's not many times where it's like, all right, I've never heard of this horse on a, like a, in mm. a, in a big race. I'm flipping through the PPs and th- with all due respect, like I haven't heard of this horse and he's on a, he's on a roll. Five he's straight. Won, he's yeah. won five in a row. There's hundred buyers in there. He's romping in these races. I mean, it's not like he's you know winning you know starter five races. You know, at, at, he's winning stakes races and on major circuits. And I just haven't been. Oh, he's winning them over two turns. He's winning them over one turn. He's winning in the slop. Oh yeah, he's doing everything. I mean, there's nothing wrong with this horse. And you know, he he obviously comes from lower you know sure. l- lower known connections than Chad Brown and Judmont, but. This this was a horse that he he jumped off the page in terms of like well why why am I not aware of this horse but he I have absolutely no issue with him and I'm hoping him and and his numbers actually put a somewhat of a relatively decent price on Artorius um, you know oh, you just right. go on the numbers Nimitz class is running faster you know more recently than Artorius is but I'm gonna go with Artorius here but Nimitz class you know good to you he's been on a roll what's the what's the odds on uh, Nimitz class. Nimitz class is uh, three, uh, seven to two. Excuse me. Seven to two. Okay. There yep. you go. Well, uh, I think he's second favorite. So it's not like I'm giving out some kind of long shot or something with him. It's just once in a while, horses are on a roll and, you know, trainers just decide they're going to go try, you know, a graded, you know, effort here because he's been running mostly in, you know, either state bread or, or, you know, state, you know, like Jerkins type races sure. in Maryland. Right. But, um, Look, I mean, they, they shipped him to the parks last time. He wins for fun again. I mean, it's just doesn't seem to matter where he runs. He just he wins for fun. So it'll be interesting, uh, Brian. You know, the only angle there is he's not running with Lasix. Um, so that's really the only angle. If he wanted to come into his class for something negative, it might be that. No, it's true, and that that you know, some horses. That's that's just another thing of many in in handicapping that makes it difficult. He it might make absolutely no difference whatsoever, and he'll keep winning, or he might need Lasix. You just you won't know until after the race. Yep. All right, we're going to go up the chute here on the uh, 13th race with the mile and eighth on the turf. That's the grade three Monmouth here. 150,000, three-year-olds and up. And uh, the winner here goes into the United Nations Stakes. So One of my very favorite races in the United States every year. The United Nations. I State. love the United yeah. Nations, yes. By the way, if you want to have more mile races and like we could have a horse racing happy hour mile, we'll even come up, do the show for Monmouth. Yeah. We'll just, just make it happen, yeah. Brian. We're, we're yeah, there. come on, Brian. All right. Uh, I gotta remember. I we have we're we're lucky. We get lots of good guests on this show. We do. Are you a Louisvillian, Brian? No. Who am I wait, mixing wait, wait, him he, up with? He said that like it was like bespoke. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. But like, right no, there. because we just had someone on who was running. Oh no, it's a guy at Naira. Never mind. I'm uh, see, see, you're, see. You're getting, see? Your, you're getting old. I'm, I'm, I agree that I'm getting old. So what's 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 wrong with Louisville, Brian? <laughs> nothing. I, I'm right. a, I'm a Louisville fan. I have plenty of friends who live in Louisville. I'm I'm yeah, New Jersey for. For better or worse, I'm Jersey Shore. <laughs> All right. Not like Snooky Jersey Shore, but like I sure. live on the coast of New Jersey. I'm seeing the hot tub with something like, like <laughs> no. weird vibe. It's going to get up show us his abs later. No, you, you will not. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and break this one down, and uh, we'll start with Brian. Brian, who do you like sure. in the Monmouth? 
So this is the shoe course I was referencing earlier. I'm on the two, never explain here. You know, if you look through his PP, this is going to be his 16th lifetime start. You know, in 2021 and 2022, you know, with all due respect, this is just a horse. You know, was sprinkling in some a, a win here, a win there, was running in allowance races, would run in New York, would ship down to Pimlico, ship to Indiana Grand. You know, and it was just, you know, fine running 80, you know, mid 80, high 80 buyers. You know, something clicked with this horse over the winter, has now won three in a row, two of them at Tampa over the winter, and won what I thought was a very tough grade three dinner party stakes on the Preakness undercard. Hurricane Dream, who ran second in that race, is a good horse. Emmanuel came back to win on the Belmont undercard. Atone was in that race, who won the Pegasus turf at Gulfstream over the winter. Never explained beat all of them. He did get a good trip that day, but I think this is just one of those those quintessential Shug McGahee horses that, you know, whatever the whatever the switch was that needed to be flipped, it's flipped, and this one's going to go on a roll. I think this horse is going to run very well in this race, and then you'll see him in, in even bigger and better races over the course of the summer. Tribuven is a, a past UN winner that has run well on the Mammoth turf before. Kind of a tough spot, a tricky handicapping puzzle for this one. I think his best race is longer. Uh, I think deep down this is a prep for the UN. He hasn't run since Traverse Day last year. So a mile and an eighth. On one hand, I think a mile and an eighth might be a little short than his best. It's a prep for the UN. But he has run, he has won a race like this in similar situations before. It's in his PP line, May 1st of 2021, was coming off of a long layoff, was in a mile and an eighth race at Belmont. It was a prep for longer. Right after that race, he ran in the mile and a quarter Manhattan, then ran in the UN, then ran in the Sword Dancer at a mile and a half. But he won the Fort Marcy at a mile and an eighth. So can he win this race at a mile and an eighth off a layoff? Yes, he's shown that he's done it before. Do I think it's short? of his best and a prep for the UN? Yes, I do. So this is one of those situations that he's certainly on a couple tickets. I'm not going to lose out on the pick four when he wins, but never explain is the horse that I like here. Mr. Rubeau. I laid it on someone very different. I laid it on Commandeer of all things, going back to Paco Lopez here, the five. Um, I, I just ran really well at Keeneland first off the bench off a really long layoff last out. You're going with the horse who hasn't won since 2021? I am going with that horse. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, sure. no. Because I love I love the form of Keeneland, and I'm hoping that as a five year old, this horse is, with Paco. By the way, that's essentially why I'm betting this horse. I think you're not even five to one's not even a question. I think you're getting eight to one on this horse. You, yeah, probably or, or nine to one, something yeah. like that. And so that's that's really where I'm at. Um, I think Catnip on the outside is a really interesting horse. Is one back to back first at Keeneland, and then did the thing at Monmouth last time out. Uh, under Sammy, Sammy Camacho, Joel Rosario gets them out here uh, for Michael Stidham. So that'll be an interesting one as well. That horse has run two very good races this year and gets better at the end of the race. So I'm hoping the mile and an eighth is not a big deal um, as the horse goes another half a furlong here. But Trevor Van, look, is is the absolute class here. If he comes back uh, with his form, he should absolutely win here. But I think Brian might be right. This might be one where you're setting a horse up just to be better next month. And so in that case, uh, he might be a play against. Never explains a fine horse. I mean, we haven't even mentioned, like, speaking scout. Not a good horse. I mean, like, this is this grade is a one real, winner. Yeah, I mean, this is a real legitimate grade three field and it i mean just a lot of different places to go but i mean look class trivia van wins um i i agree with never explain the recent form especially is very good continues to climb the ranks we were there for that dinner party that was a yep. good field um and so uh i uh i just i think that it, with those variables with you know can a horse like never explain win four in a freaking row a lot of races to win in a row for a horse of that class. Hey, if Nimitz class can do it, why can't uh, never explain? <laughs> you watch your mouth about Nimitz class. You understand me? <laughs> and then, uh, then Tribute, but, but Tribute, man, like if, they, if we're coming off the layoff here, can Commandeer put together a performance and, and kind of jump out and win a 7 8 one? I don't know. But I yeah, uh, go for it. 2021. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Hurry, <laughs> hurry, hurry, hurry. I'm besmirching, so it'll, it'll <laughs> definitely win. Uh, Brian, talk to us a little bit more about what you guys kind of got going up in Monmouth. Why Why should someone come to Monmouth? By the way, Louie and I were talking about the trips we want to make, and we were very serious. Like, we do want to get up to Monmouth. I think it's one of the next tracks that it's we have It's stunning not... that we haven't been there. Right. It looks incredible on every picture and TV and everything. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely it's one of those out. places. <laughs> it's, it's one of those places that when someone comes from the first for the first time, like you can do soon, hopefully – they always say, like, wow, I didn't realize it was this nice. Um, you know, yeah. we, we like to, to brand ourselves as very family friendly. Um, we're obviously a gambling institution, first and foremost. That's what pays the bills. We want you to come and bet on the horses. But realizing that not everyone is going to come and bet $1,000, you sure. know, a, a day, 
you know, we give you something for everyone where, okay, if you only want to come and bet $20 during a day and want something else to do in between races, that's fantastic. We want to accommodate that and get a thousand of those people out. So we have a, a huge picnic area similar to what Saratoga has. You can bring your own food and drink. Uh, every Sunday, there's family fun day stuff out there, bounce house, pony rides, clowns. Uh, we do a ton of festivals over the course of the year. So food trucks, car shows, seafood festivals, wine tastings. Uh, that's kind of our way of introducing new fans to, to the races. Um, I'm a little bit biased and selfishly, I think we do one of the better jobs of really any track in the country in terms of introducing new people to racing. And yes, we do that through non-racing events, but all of those events are, have the overwhelming goal of introducing people to racing. So, okay, this next weekend, for example, we have a, a wine and pizza festival. So yes, that's a lot of what our advertising is. We want people to come out for the wine tasting and to, for pizza. But while you're here, we you have signs. judge for the pizza tasting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm you're, available. If, oh, you're, no if you're in the area, stop on by. All right. um, but we do all of those things, again, with the end goal of getting you over to the track and watch the races and hopefully you know make a bet or two. And you're obviously not going to come for the wine festival and say, hey, I'm going to bet $500 on this race. We totally understand that. But if you bet $5 on that race and then come have a good time and come back a month from now and grow into it, that's what we want. So we have big crowds, uh, like I said, through festivals and we do a ton of group sales and a lot of birthday parties and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I would say put us up against the, some of the other tracks in the country and we, we typically have a higher attendance than, than most. We're a huge facility. Yeah. Um, we prioritize, you know, we want to do things the right way. So, you know, cleanliness and flowers and everything is painted it's just a very beautiful facility and it's kind of low-key and we we don't take ourselves super super seriously and we all want to have a a good time and most of the staff me included has been there for many many years i'm 38 years old but i've worked there for 17 years awesome, and there's people man. that have been there for 20 30 40 years so we have a, a pride in the place like it's our family business love it That's by the way stuff. solid byo policy oh yeah and you have fixed odds. It is something we we've talked about a lot on yeah, this show. Can you talk we about do. the fixed odds? How is that going at your place? Do people like it? Is it is it a is it a way for new betters to kind of feel more comfortable gambling? What what have you found with fixed odds? It is so the overwhelming goal with fixed odds is we thought that that is the best way to kind of reach out to the sports betting crowd, which we have as well, and transition them over to racing. You know, sports and racing are two different languages. You know, racing is two to one and sports is plus 200. Right. And obviously sports is you when you bet, those are the odds that you get and it doesn't change. And horse racing is paramutual. So fixed odds in addition to, you know, being how pretty much every other country in the world bets. And that's that's what we wanted. We also want to use that to get the sports betting customers over. Uh, it's been slow to start, to be honest, relatively speaking, just because there's not that much liquidity in the pools and the, the right. inventory just isn't there yet. So it's a, a logistical and, and governmental nightmare, basically, to start anything new like this, because every, every track you know, owns their own contents. We, we just can't say, hey, we're going to take Gulfstream's races and bet fixed odds on it. Like right. That's their content. They need to approve that. So reaching out to different tracks and getting their approval for a new type of wagering, and there's still some fear that fixed odds and sports is going to cannibalize paramutual wagering, and it's just, it's just a slow process. So last year in 2022, the only fixed odds you can bet was if you were physically at Monmouth Park, you could only bet Monmouth Park races, that was it. So obviously the pools are relatively small. This year's is, it's expanded. There's probably six, different, six to eight different tracks that you can bet, and now we have an app. So if you're anywhere in New Jersey, you can bet cool. fixed odds online, nice. and it's Mammoth. Uh, I think the Penn tracks are coming on board soon. Canterbury, right. Delaware. You know, there's six or eight different tracks that you can bet. So slowly but surely, awesome. the, oppor the opportunities to bet are growing. The tracks are growing, and you know, hopefully five years from now, we'll have every track on there, and you can do. You know, the ult the ultimate pipe dream ten years down the road is to have fixed odds, paramutual, and sports all on the same app. Yeah, so the same can, wallet. Yeah, right. you know, and you can do crazy par. You know, you can parlay the Kentucky Derby winner with the Mets Yankees game that night with whoever's going to win the MMA match that night. 
and you know that that's the ultimate goal five years five ten years down the road and that in my opinion is how horse racing is going to grow to be able to sync those two together and get everybody who's on their sports app having horse racing right there because that's what you know everyone just wants action you remember like during covid you know like something like european ping pong was handling like (laughs) 20 million dollars or something because that was the only thing that was going on people just want to bet on stuff so at halftime of a basketball game if there's 10 races that are running you know people are going to bet that you just have to get it in front of them yeah i mean i'm super excited about sports betting coming to kentucky i guess that's like starting here in just a couple weeks and i mean it's it's we didn't we never thought it was going to happen and now it's here and uh just the idea of being at churchill downs on a college football Saturday, yeah. betting college football and betting the races at the same time just sounds freaking amazing to me. It's going to be fantastic. So, all right, I wanted to ask. Um, since oh, won't let me do it on my phone. Never mind. I was going to ask him if the cities in New Jersey that listen to us the most are near Monmouth. Oh, and the answer is yes. By the way, they just it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, like eighty percent of our New Jersey listeners live near Monmouth. So well, we, we have a couple. Man, if I did, man, I should have done math before Brian came on. We have like three hundred people that live near Monmouth that listen every week. Beautiful. Hopefully, yeah, I don't yeah. scare so we them. Nice, away. We got a nice New Jersey contingent. We appreciate those people. So, awesome. yeah, I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's it's good. So yeah, we'll we'll get up there at some point. Brian, you were awesome. You're always welcome back. And uh, you know, we'll wait for that. I'm sure we'll bother you for Haskell, yeah. For the, for the, <laughs> uh, judge pizza contest and get the and I apologize for suggesting wow. you were from Louisville. That's my fault. Not yeah. not at all. And I have <laughs> if, if we did happy pre- Haskell preview day together, we should definitely do Haskell proper together. So well, good. Just, yeah, let's do just it. Man. Reach out and I'll be there. All right, all right bro, we, appreciate we love it. it. All right, talk to you soon. Yeah, Thanks good to meet you, man. Sounds good. See all you guys. Right. All right. Well, Louie, this was a great we almost right at an hour. Great show. A lot of people stopping by the table to talk about uh horse racing today and uh yeah we did all right without zach i like monmouth too yeah like as a better like i just i like monmouth okay i think it's very fair all right yeah well <laughs> whatever that's worth whatever for whatever that's worth <laughs> whatever louis opinion about monmouth is worth all right well uh, we're gonna pay the tab we're gonna get out of here we'll see you next time on the horse racing happy hour Not getting sued for music. What's yeah. Up? Yeah. Woo!